Yeah, it was the it was the the scariest time ever. I mean, it still makes me feel a bit emotional now when I talk about it. Carl just patted me on my leg and said, "Just do what you always do. Just go in there and enjoy it." Welcome to the Charles Owen podcast. Charles Owen has been manufacturing high-performance, stylish riding helmets since 1911. And to celebrate its 110th birthday, we are interviewing a range of riders, from the biggest names in equestrian sport to up-and-coming superstars. In these exclusive interviews, they reveal their highs and lows and share their secret to success in this challenging sport. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So, Charlotte, thank you so much for joining us. First of all, how have you coped with lockdown? And secondly, how have your horses coped with lockdown? It's been very different for us. As you know, we're always on the road, traveling, going to shows, um, you know, really busy. You know, if we're not away competing, we're at home competing, you know, getting all the young ones out as well as the older ones. And again, this year was going to be a really big year with Tokyo. So it was a bit of a shock to the system to have, you know, beginning of the year, we kind of had our goals and what we were going to focus on and our training uh, routine and, and then everything kind of changed and we went from yeah. having so much plan to then nothing. I think Carl actually loved it. You know, he was the opposite to yeah, me. Really. He kind of was like, this is You like the slow pace. I was still training for Tokyo. I was like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And uh, <laughs> he's like, it's not going to happen. You don't need to keep training. You don't live with Carl, obviously. Um, I think <laughs> no, people like to think I you do. Live, I used to live at the yard. I live probably like five minutes away from okay. the yard, which is nice. So yeah. it means I get away and I don't have to be on site all the time, which yeah. is really, really nice. Yeah. Um, so I don't, you know, I just get up in the morning. I'm on my first horse at like 7.30, 7.45. I ride probably 10 horses a day. Wow. Keep myself really wow. busy. And, uh, so you didn't yeah. listen to any... You weren't doing any, um, everyone's going kind of fitness crazy during lockdown, but obviously you don't need to, do you? Because my goodness, that keeps you fit. Well, I, yeah, I, do you know what? I actually, <laughs> I actually, I actually think I put on quite a bit of weight over lockdown because I just thought, you know, I've got nothing <laughs> else to do. I just eat. It was like, who's your new best friend? Oh, it's the fridge. <laughs> the fridge became Oh, that is funny. Friend. But I was lucky enough, actually, before... Before lockdown, I bought a, uh, a spin bike, the Peloton bike, which I absolutely love. So okay. um, I was really lucky. I managed to have my bike, which I lived like I was doing, you know, every day pretty oh, much. Really? So, uh, Away from the horses, I know that you were desperate to get your nails done during lockdown. Did you manage? Yeah, look, no, they're still <laughs> not on. No. Still not on. <laughs> But they are going to get on when I when the nail. But I don't even know if they're open. I mean, this is this is this is how relaxed I've got now in lockdown. I mean, before I would be going, I've got to get my nails done. And like now, I'm like, oh well. <laughs> you, you know, same with the hair. I mean, I'm like, oh well. You know, so there's yeah, that's what I mean. I've just got more chilled out in life. Do you think so, it's chilled you out a little bit? Yeah, wait till it all opens. I'll be the first one in the queue, ready to get it all done. I'm sort of getting motivated. I mean, once, okay, so you and the horse had a bit of a breather. Did you find it hard to stay motivated without a show schedule? And did you find it hard to get motivated to get back into when you knew something was coming up? I actually really 
couldn't wait to get started again. Yeah. So you know, my motivation, it's kind of, I'm just spurred on by getting going again. You know, See, just, yeah. I, I really, I hate, like I say, not doing what I love doing. And, you know, I can't wait to get back out there competing and, you know, going to all these shows again. So you really are. I mean, it's your driving force, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I love it. I really, really love it. Competitions is where, you know, that's what, you're, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Doing all that hard work. I guess you don't want, to, want an opportunity to, to sort of test it out and show them off and, and see what they can do. That's it. And I mean, like, you know, I'm lucky enough, I mean, with my horses, that they're young enough that, you know, if the Olympic happens next year, they're still young enough. Both of my horses, I have mm. uh, Mount John Freestyle and Geo. Um, for next year which they would be you know Pump pumpkin who is geo he's only nine this year yeah. and freestyles uh 11 so again you know i'm lucky enough that i've got those years left in them so yeah. for me it wasn't so bad and you mentioned geo yeah gorgeous little geo so can you tell yeah. us a little bit about him yeah i love my little pumpkin pie so he's my little pop pocket rocket as i call him how big is he um oh he must just be about 16 hands Less so he is he is small but he's got so much power and uh he actually did his first grand prix uh in january this year okay. he got 79 percent in Amazing. his first ever one at nine years old i mean wow. you can't really much more and he went through the test like not one mistake in it yeah it's just an incredible feeling when you have these sort of horses that you know one after the other you can just go down that center line and he's another one you know you're not 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 phased by anything mm. there's an interesting story isn't it, about that i was doing a symposium in california he wasn't meant to be there he was um another horse was i think uh wasn't right so uh he was the standing horse and i had to ride one horse in it and pumpkin came in and i was like oh my god i love that horse <laughs> so i said i'll ride that one but i spoke to the girl and i said oh you know do you mind obviously if i ride your horse in the in the, in the she's not getting too much she's going, yes yes charlotte's yeah, going to ride my horse well, yes it gets me out of riding well i bet she's looking so chuffed you're riding a horse yeah but then i knew that if i everyone saw me riding him they might want him so i said to her like would you be you know prepared to sell him or you know is he for sale or she's she was like, oh, you know, I haven't really thought of it. But, you know, if I was to ever sell him, I'd love to sell him to you. You'd be my first uh, person I'd love to sell him to. Yeah. So I was like, oh, amazing. And, of course, I did the, the demonstration, the masterclass, and uh, everybody wanted him. <laughs> he was like, because oh. I, like, I just loved him. And I said, you know, he felt amazing. And he was only, I think he was just turned five then. I ended up getting buying pumpkin and i co-own him with uh renee hart my friend in new zealand uh, i rang her up and i said you know i found this amazing little horse uh would you be prepared to mm -hmm. to come you know own half of him with me mm -hmm. and uh, yeah so she did i remember that time that you did the um, master class with carl was, was it all those years ago yeah live yeah it's so lovely seeing that it's so strange to see that back you know it's like wow like wow yeah how green i was and how green he was and look where we are now how old were you then 
God, I think I was like 21 when I started with Carl. So okay. probably about, yeah, 22 maybe. And did yeah. you, did you kind of, you know, did you have a grasp of kind of what an unbelievable opportunity it was? Were you kind of aware, you know, going with Carl, working with Carl? And Oh my God, yes. I mean, I mean, for me, I obviously worked for Judy Harvey for four or five years um, and um, absolutely loved it. And then I left Judy's and... I actually did the world-class um, viewing day with my horse, Fernandez. And, you know, I think it was Carl and Emil Fareed that uh, were the test riders. So you had to sign a piece of paper to say, you know, would you allow them to ride your horse? And, of course, I was like, uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so Carl came over and asked to ride my horse. So Carl rode my horse and then that was it. I was hooked. I was like, I need to care less than with Carl, you know. I was like, and my wow, mum's like, yes. don't ask him. And I was like, oh, I can't ask him. I was too afraid to ask him. So my mum approached him for a lesson. And um, I think I had two or three lessons with him. And then Carl said to me, would I like to do 10 days cover whilst his head girl went away on holiday? And 14 years later, I never went home. Wow. 14 years, yeah. my goodness. 14 my goodness. years, yeah, it's like a marriage. We are like a, we are like a marriage oh, couple without the ocean. I, <laughs> I love it. I do love it. We talk about Gio and how amazing he was and how you knew you wanted him. So what was it about him? And what is it, you know, that you, when you know it's a good horse, what, like, what was it about him? What, what do you look for when you're, when you're trying to get a new horse? Um, for me, it's a lot about their temperament and a lot about the feeling I get when I ride them because I think sometimes it's so easy to look at a horse and think oh my god that looks spectacular and then you ride it yeah and it can be quite disappointing yes. um yet you can ride a horse that maybe doesn't look so spectacular but when you ride it, it gives you the most incredible feeling and that's the ones I go for um and again the temperament they have you know the temperament is is everything really I think you're 50% there if you've got a horse that wants to do it with the trainability you know it makes your life so much easier um you know I'm not into these huge movers I like them really sensitive and goey and I mean that's not for everyone but the hotter they are the better they are for me. I mean, I, I'm not one for kicking. <laughs> I really like, you know, I like the horse to be going. And my mum bought Fernandez for me. He was my first dressage horse. And he was actually bought from the Brightwell sales. And when my mum went to go see him, he bolted with everybody that tried him. And he was only three years old, but he bolted around the arena. And my mum went, that would be perfect for Charlotte. <laughs> so that's how I got him. So, Charlotte, I've got some questions here sent in from the Charzo and fans, which I'm going to give to you now. I've got some, we had loads of people, massive response. It was really lovely and some really nice questions. So, Jessica Williams, you know, you've already spoken about your naughty dress I chose and the fact you like the naughty one. How did you start your riding career? How did you first get into riding? Um, well, my mum used to show jump. So, um, when I was a small child, my mum always used to stick me on the top of her um, show jumpers. So she said I always from day dot that I always wanted to get on top of her horses and be just sat on them. She said I could, she could just leave me sat up there for hours. Um, and then I have an older sister, Emma Jane, who also was very interested in riding. So I always used to ride her pony. So we ended up both being able to have ponies each and I started in showing. 
So I did showing for many years. I think I was showing until I was about 17. And then I gave up. Why show jumping? If mum's a show jumper, why did you get into showing? Um, mum, my mum gave up her career really for us kids. And it was just something, I guess, my mum, we started doing the lead reins, first riddens. Then I'd do uh, mountain and moorlands. I had a lovely uh, dapple grey section A, like beautiful like long mane and tail down to his shoulders and you know he was he was like the rocking horse the perfect perfect pony I loved him and uh, I used to jump him and I was just crazy like I used to just love jumping you know the higher it was the bigger the better you don't miss the jumping now oh um I occasionally have a go here and there but you know I'm actually useless now yeah I've seen (laughs) Jump into big hedges. <laughs> yeah, so a really lovely, lovely friend of mine, one of top, one of my best friends, uh, Rory Gilson, and, uh, who sadly passed away not that long ago. Um, he Sorry. he always used to take me jumping, and when I was, um, I think I must have been like fifteen, we'd he'd put me on his horses and we'd go hedge jumping. So he said to me, you know. Um, I made him ride Pallegro at Royal Windsor in front of everybody, oh, which was an abs- it was absolutely fantastic. It was so lovely to watch. And then Rory said to me, you have to come down and now do your hedge jumping. And of course I hadn't jumped for years, absolute years. So he put me on his working hunter that he had one horse of the year show on. And we went down and we just jumped these huge hedges. And I was like, oh dear God. And he was like screaming at me to get my ass over the jump. <laughs> so, I mean, he did get me going again, but uh, it's not, I don't know. I just don't feel I've got it anymore. Like I used to have it. Yeah, just, you're doing right with the dress, Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, I think keep four feet on the floor. I'm yeah. all right. <laughs> you're doing all right. And also, you know, let the show jumpers have their bit, you know, dress yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I remember Scott Brash uh, at the Europeans, he said to me, you know, you could be a show jumper. And I was like, oh, thanks, Scott. <laughs> like a theme, I feel. The theme with you is speed. You're obviously very yes. brave. <laughs> you wouldn't then think showing and dressage, but... I think a lot of people think would probably think that dressage is, um, hate to say this word, Charlotte, okay, but Mike, in comparison to jumping, might use the D word, okay, they might say, what, diva? (laughs) But obviously, at your level, it's, I mean, it's just, to tell me, I want to know, I've never ridden at that level, I've never ridden that kind of force, what's it like, is it exciting, when you've got something like Vallegro or Freestyle, with that huge power between you, what is it like when it goes right? I think, well, what you always have to remember is like I, even though when I was showing, I was always trained by a dressage trainer. So it was always there. It was, you know, I, my, my trainer was always Debbie Thomas. She always said to me, Charlotte, why are you doing showing? You should be doing dressage. But I really had no desire at that point to do it. And then, um, then she said to me, you know, um, would I sit on her horse and have a go? So I did. And then I got the feeling for PF and then I, was, I had an Irish thoroughbred at the time. So I said, I was like, oh, I'm going to teach my, I'm going to teach Charlie to do it. So Charlie did it. I taught him in a field because I didn't have an arena at home. We just had a field. So we just ride in the field and I just taught him how to PF because I thought, oh, well, I can, I can give it a go. And then I watched a video of Carl uh, in a demo teaching his horse how to I love that. teach suspension. And I taught him how to do that. I remember Carl saying, you, Carl. you watched the video of Carl. Yeah. 
Yeah, I went to a tax shop and I bought um, Carl's DVD, old Carl's video of uh, his one of his masterclasses, and uh, he he was just he was like talking about how to teach a horse suspension, you know, the passage. And he said, you half out, you click and you touch the leg. And so I went, <laughs> when I went to the yard, to yard, I did exactly that. And I taught him how to passage. So I had PF and passage, not really knowing what I was doing, but I did it. And um, then I was hooked on it. And obviously then when I started dressage and having horses like Fallegro and Freestyle, I mean, for me, it's all about, you know, having that, um, you know, training them from young horses, really, you know, getting to know them inside out, building that partnership is just so incredible. And that to me is the best feeling. It's more than the power or whatever. It's how you really learn to know what that horse is capable of and um, how much you can push and how much you can't. I mean, horses like Vallegro, I mean, there was, there was never a day where you couldn't just go full power, you know, any arena, any atmosphere, any competition, you could go in there, you knew he was pretty much going to nail it. Um, and, uh, you know, freestyles, you know, she's an incredible horse as well. I wouldn't say she's quite as brave in the arena as yet. She yeah. gets a little bit more, um, timid. I'd say she's a bit more timid than the Vallegro was like, you know, I'm here and I'm doing it. And yeah. she's like, I'm here and I'm just not quite sure yet. Not that long ago, I actually watched, uh, I think the FEI did a, a little document of, me and Fallegro of our achievements and I watched it back and I was like so emotional it was unbelievable because I I think you know when you're doing it you don't realize what you're achieving I mean that sounds really silly but it was almost like you do one show go to another show go to another show you know you keep training in between you're still focusing on trying to improve things and I sat there and I watched it and I actually had to sit on my own because I knew I was going to cry watching it. And um, I just watched Blueberry's face throughout the whole thing on every test he did. And he just has that, that look in his eye where he just, you know, he has had, got the most incredible heart. He's got a heart of gold. It must have been so tough for you because I know that you took what well, you spoke about in your book, the, the tough times you had when A, the realisation that, oh my God, I've just done double gold, what next? Um, and then yeah. it was, <laughs> again at, at Rio and then eventually Vallejo going to be sold and I know you had some really dark times on that time didn't you yeah I mean it was it was but it, it yeah I mean I think I was young you know and I you know I, I, I built up my career so quickly yeah. you know I think 2011 was my first year Grand Prix I'd won gold at the European Championships yeah. The year after that was double gold at London. And then I was beating my own world record. I was European world champion. You know, it was just incredible, really, with what I was achieving so fast, so quickly. Yeah. And I look back now and I'm like, oh, my God, I've actually done all of that, which is, yeah. I know it sounds silly because I think, you know, I'm so focused on what I'm doing next that I forget what I've actually done. Do you find it hard now to think because you've got three golds and a silver, you know, Olympic gold, not talking about all the other all the other medals that you've won. Do you 
occasionally find it hard to either a stay mo stay motivated or b to just the fear of what if you can't do it again oh god no no because at <laughs> least i can say i've done it i can really? say i've done it you know and i mean how many people can actually say they've done it you know how many people can say they're a double gold medalist or you know oh, i'm more than double gold but like do you know what i mean I, I, I can say i've got three olympic gold medals silver got silver medal i mean that alone is a huge achievement if i never do it again at least i say i've done it and yeah. uh, i've been world number one yeah yeah and you know for me it will happen again because you know i know i know it, it it will, yeah. hopefully. So, uh, I, you know, I've got fantastic yeah. horses and, you know, I think I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm very ambitious, let's say. Yeah. So I would love to be able to do it again, love to do it for the country and um, relive it all again. And I think I would definitely do things differently next time. I think, you know, That's I actually watched, um, yeah, I actually watched a, uh, at the weekend I think uh, Andy Murray there was an interview with Andy Murray and he was saying how he had won all his achieve like all his competitions and stuff but he hadn't really celebrated them yeah and that's exactly the same with me you know you get so focused so driven on what you're doing you end up you know forgetting to celebrate and actually have fun and enjoy it and I think if I ever did it again yeah I would definitely definitely make sure I celebrated every moment of what I achieved so that's what you've learned you think you've learned to celebrate definitely a hundred percent I think you can get so carried away in that moment of wanting more and doing more and you know I think you forget actually how incredible and how amazing you've done that you need to celebrate each moment yes and not you know not take it for granted yeah well that's i mean i will and funny i mean obviously you are fiercely ambitious and, and i get that from you which i just i love your your drive and determination and um uh someone one william one on instagram wanted to know when you're young did you ever think you'd be a gold medalist and i'm thinking your answer is going to be yes um <laughs> not not when i was young i wouldn't say no. but when i went for my i went for a lesson with carl and he told me that i'd be good enough for london 2012 wow um, and i was like really i was like really you think i'm good enough and he was so you know he gave me so much confidence saying that he had so much belief in me when he told me that, then I realised that that was a possibility. And then from that day on, I wanted to go to London. Pretty amazing to hear that, isn't it? Yeah, it really, really, really was. Okay, another question again, because you seem so confident. And you said that Carl obviously did feel the confidence then. I imagine he still does that now. But um, my Welshie Dylan on Instagram wants to know, do you ever struggle with your confidence? And how would you overcome it? My confidence. I think, you know, again, you know, the years of riding Vallegro, the confidence came from him. He always gave me confidence, like, to go in that arena. You know, I think he always, you know, we had that partnership that we always held each other's hand. And, again, having a fantastic team, you know, my team at home, you know, when I go to a show, I have Alan Davis and obviously Carl. I mean, I, I couldn't do it without all of those. So all of those people and my team make me have the confidence to be able to go and do what I do. And um, I think when you, um, 
really believe in what you do and you believe you can do it, you have confidence. And I think in the past... But don't you have moments when you think you can't do it? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, you do it in any any, life, don't you? You always think, oh, I can't do that. But, you know, I think if someone tells me I can't, I want to do it more. So that's the sort of person I am. You know, if someone tells me I can't do something, I'll make sure I can do it. And, um, you know, you either have that mentality where you're a go-getter or you're quite happy to just let it pass by. And uh, any opportunity that I have, I make sure I grab it with both hands and make sure I can make it happen. Yeah, you're definitely a go-getter, Charlotte. That's what we love about. (laughs) I hope so. But I have had... I have had like sports psychology, you know, to help me. I can ask you about that. Because that is so, so, so big in sport now and so important. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people feel afraid to say they've had sports psychology or they've had help. And, um, you know, I think for me, it was one of my saving graces for me to be able to have someone to help me I mean I never used the psychology sports psychology to um help me in the arena it was more to deal with social media and things like that at what point in your career was this oh after London 2012 yeah yeah I mean I struggled with social media terribly I mean I was absolutely petrified I mean they'd ask me a question I'd forget I mean I was that nervous um I was I never wanted to do any interview without Carl I made him come with me you know, because I was so frightened. Uh, we'd had no media training, no one like to basically say, right now, you've won two medals, this is what's going to happen to you. I was kind of just thrown in at the deep end and uh, it terrified me, absolutely terrified me. So I had a lot of help with that and, um, you know, it really, really helped me and it made my mindset totally different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, it's sport your mentality is, is is everything isn't it and and again fun of leading on to that and again, um i don't know if it's maya katie it's m-a-j-a i'm sorry if it's maja katie or maya katie 08 and also mia marshall 2003 want to know when you're at an event how do you calm your nerves i don't really get nerves really? i know that's really bad to say i have had nerves because the only time i can honestly say i was really nervous was when I was in Rio doing my final ride on 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 Vallegro, I I can just remember saying to Carl, I can't feel my legs. Like then my legs felt like jelly. My heart was racing. That it was it was like going through the roof. And I just remember just being so nervous. And I've never ever been like that. I mean, I was absolutely i was like, i don't think that my legs are gonna work so why rio why was why were you suddenly terrified with that test just because it's your last one yeah because it was the, i decided to retire blueberry there i wow. said if i win gold then that you know if, well not if i win gold but i was going to do the freestyle and i decided that after that that was it that was going to be my last ride so uh yeah, it was the it was the the scariest time ever. I think How before going into that How arena. Put it together. I mean, it still makes me feel a bit emotional now when I talk about it. But I mean, uh, Carl just patted me on my leg and said, "Just do what you always do. Just go in there and enjoy it." And when I went down the ramp to go into the arena, um. As I went round the outside, it honestly, this is what I mean about a partnership with a horse. I trotted round the outside and it was as if 
Bloomberg held my hand and he's like, we've got this, <laughs> you know? And it was, honestly, he gave me the most insane feeling. And when he gave me that feeling, I knew I was okay. Literally the nerves just went because I, he gave me that feeling. And that's what I mean, you know, no one can relate to that when, you know, it's only all those years of doing what I did with that horse. You know, when, when he was scared, I was there to hold his hand. And when I was scared, he was there to hold my hand. And, you know, that's what it's all about. And, you know, I think for me, nothing, you know, whether I'd won gold or not, it didn't matter because at the end of the day, you know, he's, he, he gave me so much that I could never ask any more of him. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and I guess and that feeling, so you, you just knew from that moment you were going to be all right, didn't you? I was so confident. You know, when people say how, like that, you know, that question, how, you know, what gives you confidence? That. Yeah, that is what I mean. That gave me all the confidence in the world to go down that centre line and just nail it, and and he did. So I mean, obviously, your career has been insane, and I mean, just remarkable. <laughs> it has, isn't it? I mean, it has. It has. I mean, if someone had given me a piece of paper and said, "Charlotte, you're going to achieve all of this in my lifetime, let alone in four or five years," you know, I mean, that's what's so crazy. It, it happened so quickly and I achieved everything so quickly. Do you, do you think, I don't want to take away from you Charlotte because you are such an amazing rider and you're obviously proving what amazing rider you are because you've got freestyle and you've got geo and do you think, is it all, you know, is it, is it Vallegro? Is that, you know, if you hadn't met Vallegro, if Vallegro hadn't existed, could, could anyone have achieved what you've achieved? Do you know what I mean? Is it, because he's such a credible horse. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's there's combinations like Edward Girl and Totalus, Isabel Worth with Bella Rose, and I was just fortunate enough to find my perfect match, which was Vallegro. And like I say, I mean, he had a heart of gold, mm. um, and you know, he was he was ruled out as a young horse pretty much. He was a really bad head shaker, and uh, no, you know, Carl tried to sell him a number of times, and no one wanted him. And I was just so lucky enough to, to come along and find him and click and, you know, it was just meant to be. It was one of those relationships that I was just meant to be with him. And um, he, I was just so, so lucky to, to find him. And, you know, I will find other horses, but no one, no one will be like Flegro. There will never be, in my eyes, you know, everyone always says, oh, this is the next Flegro. Oh, here's the next Flegro. Never. I don't care how amazing it is. There is never another Velocro in my that eyes. He will always be the one and only. Special boy. He's a special yeah. boy. Um, so we're talking about all your amazing moments, Charlotte. Have the eventing strides wants to know what's been your toughest moment? Anything particularly that sticks out? Uh, yeah, I think probably for the first time, I think it was in Arkin when things didn't go quite so plan with Vallegro and I think obviously last year with uh, Freestyle being eliminated at the European Championships when uh, came out was on for silver with the team you know you kind of do your bit for your team and then boom you're eliminated that was a very 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 tough time I mean never in my career ever have I been eliminated and uh yeah, it was a very tough time, but 
you know, I had to look at it as a learning curve and, you know, turn it round to learn from what happened. And, you know, it's unfortunate these things happen. These, you know, mistakes happen to everybody. No one's perfect. Um, but I've learned a lot. It's made me a much stronger person. Yeah. And a great question, I think, here from Zoe Venting. He just wants to know, are you proud? Oh, incredibly proud. I mean, it, it, it's like taking me probably... Like I say, n till now, really, I mean, I look back a few years ago and I still think, wow, God, like, you know, I've achieved all that. But like now I can honestly say I'm really proud of myself. And, um, you know, when I look back, I get so emotional with what I've done. And I, I think, God, that's actually me. That is me. I've done that. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm very, very proud. But like I say, you know, having without the team and without, all the supporters without my family and you know i think none of this would happen yeah it's always a team it's a team sport. sponsors owners you know like there's so it's like it's just such there is so many people involved in it's not just me it's not just below grow you know there is a huge team and so much support that makes us riders be able to do what we do Coming to the end here, Charlotte, and uh, we, at the end of, of each podcast, we're going to ask all our riders the same questions. Three questions. If I'd never got on a horse, I'd be a, what would you be, Charlotte? I'd be a veterinary nurse, I think. I'd definitely love, I'm not clever enough to be a vet. I'd love to just, you know, do the, do the, just do the looking after and taking care and yeah, I, I, I my mum, my mum was a veterinary nurse and uh, it, it's nice to have her, like her knowledge as well. Um, so I think I've definitely, and, and I'd probably maybe work with dogs because I love dogs. the animals then. Yes. Yes. 10 years ago, I wish I'd known. Probably just how to, uh, to enjoy things more probably. Were you more? I was far too serious. Right, Fucking serious. serious. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, now I'm so into just, yeah, enjoying everything so much more. Good. Good. Fun time, Charlotte. Um, <laughs> I'm happiest when? When are you happiest, Charlotte? Uh, probably, well, probably, I want to say when I have a gin and tonic in my hand, but that's probably not when I'm on my, with my horses you know when I'm with my horses doing what I do and what I love doing you know I'm so lucky my job is my passion and um to every day to get up to work with these incredible animals and um this is another question actually we didn't one of these ones but you buy 10 a day there must be occasionally think oh god I've got to get on that one uh, do you kind of think, woohoo, I'm about to get on Dio, or yay, I'm, you know, do you have one? I actually don't have, I actually can honestly say I don't have one I hate getting on. Really? I love all, yeah, I love all my horses, all my horses, and they're all so different. Um, so, okay, some of them aren't as easy as others, and, you know, that probably makes sometimes, some days a bit tougher than others. Yeah. But I do love riding them and you know it might take some a bit slower than the others but you get there in the end and it's always that still that great achievement to say you've done it you know when you've trained these horses yourself 
and you've done it and you've made it from a young horse to Grand Prix, it's a huge achievement. You made quite a, quite a big hoo-ha for 2012, like helmets. You know, it's everybody's dream to wear their top hat and tails. Yeah. Um, you know, as much as it's amazing and it's in a dream to wear, there is no safety in it. Yeah. So I was lucky enough to be able to speak to Charles Owen and um, they created me a hat that very beautiful. I like. So when I first met Roy from Charles Owen, unfortunately, you know, Roy's not with us anymore, but uh, he was an absolutely fantastic guy. I absolutely loved Roy. But Roy was always in the old times. You know, Roy always had everything in black. And I was like, Roy, no. <laughs> we have got to change this, Roy. Times, we're not Roy. having velvet black hats. I was like, we are not doing that. We're going to have a blue leather hat. And uh, that's how we started designing our hats. And, uh, you know, I got them to match my tailcoats. And then I had... Um, a shiny one that they did for me with the um, Union Jack on it. And I mean, I absolutely love my hats. And people think I get paid an absolute fortune to wear it because I never take it off, which is absolute rubbish. But I never take it off because I love it. And also, I have such bad hat hair under it. So when they ask for an interview, they're like, can you take your hat off? I'm like, no. <laughs> I have all different designs, all different colours. I've got brown, I've got blue, I've got black, I've got grey. Yeah. All the different piping. I've got bling piping. I've got glitter. <laughs> see hats I've you name it I've got it I think I've got more hats than Charles Harris himself thank you Charlotte so lovely to talk to you and all the best of luck with the next year and um yeah thank well you very much anyone